hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having an absolutely terrific day today. As always, got a lot of news stories lined up for you today and giving everybody a heads up. If you guys saw, we re-updated the website as far as the old website's back up right now. We're doing some more updates and changing some bugs that we had to get out of the new one as we're continually trying to tweak it as we go along and get feedback from you. So some of y'all that enjoyed the old website still and are still learning the new one, be sure to check out the old ones. It's the original OG website that still is exactly the way everybody expected it with a lots of different sales and specials on the front page. So if you need anything on that, be sure to check it out. So I know I've gotten a few people that have gotten used to the old one and have gotten some complaints about the new one and certain things. So we're trying to tweak it the best we can to make everybody happy. But again, update and adapt and build and grow as far as to make things more efficient and easier to use the best we possibly can. So thank you for your updates on that. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the product of the week and also vote for what you want to see win tomorrow. I think the N-acetylcysteine and the natokinesis is pulling pretty strong as far as for voting on product of the week. So be sure to check that out. And of course, if you need anything, feel free to give us a call at 1-800-726-1834. We're always here to help you guys out Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 eastern standard time the best we possibly can and i appreciate the continued support of health masters and keeping this show on the air commercial free zero ads zero anything except for an hour of straight news stories on a regular daily basis so i appreciate the support on that one of the first things that i wanted to touch base on here because i found this to be very interesting is now we're starting to hear about reports from the dod at pentagon are now refusing to deny the reports that apparently we are sending 2,000 troops to deploy over to Israel now. They're saying, of course, now they're not intended to serve in a combat role, that they will essentially be advisors and medical support and DOD advisors. When I saw DOD advisors, I just started laughing. That's literally the exact thing that CIA always calls themselves. You ever seen the movie Sicario? The girl in there, the FBI agent, is continually asking one of the operators who's CIA, which he won't tell her that. She's asking him who this one guy is and who the other guy is and who he is and if they're CIA. And he goes, we're just DOD advisors, just like Alejandro. We're all DOD advisors. And so apparently we're sending a bunch of operators and DOD advisors and military over to Israel now. For what reason? You could guess. It's just another theater, more theater, more stage theater to continue to push the continual narrative, while at the same time, Janet Yellen, that piece of garbage politician that for some odd reason continually, continually gets reelected, uh, she is now saying that America can certainly afford to stand with Israel and support another war in Israel and help their military needs. As at the same time, we must continue to support Ukraine against Russia. We do need to come up with the funds both for Israel and for Ukraine. This is a priority. That's literally what she said. I'm quoting her. And sometimes I just sit and shake my head on the just absolute insanity that we continue to watch every day with some of these individuals that are so driven by the medical industrial complex because, in my opinion, they're getting massive amounts of kickbacks with enormous amounts of fraud and deception that's involved in that industry now. And the fact that nobody still currently, not a single politician, none of them, not even governors – have been stating that well, we really need to stand with the United States. Oh, oh that's whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you just say that, Austin? Yeah, we we really need to support the United States. 
Now, the infrastructure is collapsing rapidly. Majority of updates and expansions on roadways are not getting done properly. We've got enormous amount of homeless issues that needs to be addressed. We've got enormous amounts of crime in certain areas, and we're having a massive invasion from the southern border that still apparently is being completely ignored by almost every single politician. But, hey, we need to go get involved in another war and keep funding wars that we're not involved in because, well, it's the science, guys. What's crazy to me about this is a listener sent me a link last night, and you know I talked about this briefly, but I kind of wanted to go into a little bit more detail on it because a lot of people failed to realize this when I reported on it a couple months ago and failed to put the two pieces of the puzzle together because they were too busy being blindly supportive of a country that they can't even pick out on a map if it wasn't labeled in most cases. And what's interesting about it is – Israel was literally about to go into a civil war over the last couple of months. Here's a couple of headlines. He sent me about 20 headlines from all different types of news agencies, alt media, and mainstream media. Israeli protesters block travel as Netanyahu moves ahead with lawmakers. It was July 18th. Another one here. Is Israel going into civil war? This is July 23rd, 2023. Now, granted, this remember, this has nothing to do with Palestine or Gaza or any of this right now. This is internal in Israel. Another headline, beginning of August. Civil unrest and legal appeals and military disobedience as Israel may go into civil war. Another article. Yeah. Here's another one here. This one is from uh, September, September 17th. I literally, literally a month ago. Headline, hundreds of thousands of Israelis protest proposed judicial overhaul. Fierce protests have now rocked Israel for 37 consecutive weeks with hundreds of thousands of Israelis spilling into the streets on Saturday to speak out against Prime Minister Netanyahu's government proposed judicial overhaul. overhaul. The legislation would overhaul the current judicial system, stripping the Israeli Supreme Court of its power, leaving the government largely unchecked. Enormous amounts of U.S. or excuse me, of Israeli military are now saying that they will not go back. Groups are made up of army reservists, many of whom will no longer show up for military reserve duty and protests. They're now spending much of their time combating the proposed judicial changes. Now, I got dozens of headlines here, literally all the way up until the week of the alleged attack from Hamas. Now, suddenly, suddenly, this judicial overhaul that Netanyahu put in place goes into power. The Supreme Court essentially in Israel is stripped of almost all of its power now. The government is almost completely unchecked in Israel while Netanyahu reigns with an iron fist. And suddenly, right when this is happening, there's a terrorist attack in Israel. Horrific. People die. Kids, women, children. The news media continues to tell us. Now suddenly – we have a full-blown ground invasion of Palestine, airstrikes, raids, cut off all power, all water, all food, and now we're continually to go through Palestine with you know Israel and basically tear through Palestine because Hamas and jihadist terrorists. That's the story at least we're being told. Always look at what the narrative is being pushed. Always look at what's really been going on behind the scenes because a lot of people didn't bother to realize what was going on in Israel and how they literally said right here, 37 consecutive weeks, hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been protesting aggressively against the proposed rule. And now listen, now one single article anywhere on mainstream media, if you try to look up Israeli protests right now and you just type that in, you will not find one article that will hit anywhere on a search engine right now about these protests over the last 37 weeks. Zero. 
every single thing talks about Israeli-Palestine protest at college here and protest here and protest there about the current, I guess, alleged war they're calling it when really it's a massive ground invasion. So again, always make sure you're keeping your eyes open and reading between the lines with what's going on because now essentially Netanyahu with the Emergency Powers Act and what he did with the Supreme Court, he pretty much is ruling Israel now by force. He's pretty much now like you know the Napoleon Bonaparte. He's just ruling it. It's what he wants to do now. There is no check balance in government anymore, and everybody's gone full-blown. We're going to war. Send more money. Send more troops. We need to do this. Now along we have Iran and a lot of this other alleged rhetoric that's starting to come out now. So lest you think that they had to make sure they had to change the narrative, also remember too, just three to four weeks ago, you had massive protesting that was starting, and you had enormous amounts of politicians that were calling out to stop funding the Ukraine war, and that we need to question where the hundreds of billions of dollars in military support are going to in Ukraine, and why we're sending M1 Abrams tanks with depleted uranium anti-tank ammunition over to Ukraine now, which, by the way, is enormously dangerous for any individual that gets around it for years to come. Oh, we're questioning that? Oh. Cue the next war, go on with Israel, and it's just like Spike Cohen said yesterday, and I said it earlier. Every single time there's a conflict or some type of problem or calamity, we're told don't ask questions, don't question what's going on, don't do anything other than support exactly what we're telling you to. And if you don't support what we're telling you to, you're a grandma-killing neo-Nazi racist skinhead terrorist. That's the only options that are available to you right now. Pick wisely. And the truth about this is in today's digital age, especially here in 2023, we've got these large language model AI software. You can instantaneously generate any type of image or video to portray something that's not real. It's never going to happen. It's becoming increasingly difficult to determine what truth is by looking or watching something on your internet or TV. I mean, it's happening rapidly, guys. What that usually means is whoever's got the deepest pockets – and the biggest platforms with the most advanced software can pretty much embrace the public at large to consider anything as truth. And what we're seeing today is a current headline is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So to me yesterday, somebody sent me this Instagram reel that I did not know it was AI, and they sent it to me, and it was something that was posted about one of their friends they did, and it was basically photos of like the high school photos, and it was a reel of all these high school photos. And I saw it, and I was like, wow, like they were really, really sharp. They were good looking in high school. And they laughed. They said, that's all AI. They put in current photos of themselves, and this was an AI-generated high school yearbook photo reel. None of those photos are real. None of them. And I said, oh, I feel kind of silly right now. I thought you were showing me like their high school photos. They said, no. Here's a couple more high school photos. And, of course, everybody looks goofy in high school where they're going through their weird hair faces and everything. And I was like, oh, that's more like it. But I, when I saw the first reel, I was like, golly, like they look really sharp in every single yearbook photo. <laughs> they managed to pull that one off. It wasn't real. It was total fabrication, full AI, and it's happening right now. So that's why I've told you guys before, when it's on television and it's on the mainstream media, especially nowadays, question Everything you're being told all the way down to the nitty gritty, because what we're watching right now with anything, not just Israel, conflict, any of this stuff, we're about to start watching. I warned you guys about this last year when AI really started to become prominent. We're going to start watching some of the most advanced propaganda 
that I think human beings have ever witnessed before in human history. We're about to start watching levels of deception that are unfathomable, that people will literally get in fights and go to war and die just because they've seen a certain photo, a certain video that has no accuracy or relevancy or truth to it whatsoever. And that's what's going to be a serious problem soon is when people don't do research, when people don't ask questions and they blindly follow because they're told there's only two options. You're either with the terrorist or you're with us. You're either with COVID government supporting lockdowns or your grandma killing racist skinhead. When you start pulling those things out and you start seeing the mainstream media give you those two options, question everything, my friends. I cannot reiterate that anymore right now because of what we're starting to see with AI and a lot of this advanced technology. It's about to get very, very strange, and I want to give everybody a heads up on that this morning, Dad. What do you think? You know, you're right. You know, we saw this in Ukraine. I mean, we have no idea what's going on in Ukraine. None. Zero. Nada. You know, it could be a full-blown invasion war with Russia that's been going on for almost two years now, or it could be little battles here and there because they've been shelling that area for the last seven, eight, ten years anyhow. Since 2014. (laughs) No, no, that's right. So, so, I mean, so the reality is is that we don't know what's happening there. All we know is a giant weapon smuggling thing. And every time I talk to somebody, oh, yeah, we heard this or we heard that or we saw this. Did you see shelling? Did you see troops going into the houses? Did you see current sh- The answer is always no. But when we heard about it, we heard about it. But, you know, but we didn't see it. You know, we'd left, you know, and, uh, and on and on and on and on. And so you have to ask yourself a question. Then you get the people out over there that are basically, you know, the, the, the generals and all the other. Oh, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening. You're like, yeah, well, why don't you give me some really proof? Why don't we embed some journalists over there and let them see what's going on? You know, why, why don't we talk about that? Why don't we really see what's going on in Ukraine? And that's why I said I'd like to fly over the doggone country to find out if they really even, you know, have a war going on over there or is just minor skirmishes everywhere. And quite frankly, if that if that country had been in a war for almost two years now, <clears throat> Russia could have laid it in the ruins in 90 days. Entire country. But they haven't. So is Putin in on this? The answer would be yes. He's a billionaire. He's an oligarch, Russian oligarch. You know, is he in on what's going on globally? Yes. Is he part of the disinformation campaign? Yes. As is anyone at that level. The Russian central bank is still controlled by the Rothschild banking cartel. So they still have Russia, you know, on the short string and they can do whatever they want to do with them. It's like China is the entire world is like this. Now, there's a really interesting article. I'm not going to post it because some of the stuff in here I don't agree with. But they're, they're talking about the uh, a series, mini series that had come out. And it's talking about what's happening in the world right now, and who runs it. And it, it goes a lot of it goes from John Coleman's classic 1996 speech about zero growth plan from the Club of Rome that we are seeing right now happening. And Coleman explained that the UN and the WHO and the Bank of International Settlements are all executive arms of the Royal Institute of International Affairs and ultimately the Committee of 300, which we talked about before in length on the show, which is controlled by ancient aristocratic families. These would be the bloodline families from the fallen angels whose stratospheric wealth dwarfs the tech oligarchs of our age. Coleman wrote the must-read Epitaph's book, The Committee of 300, which I've, and by the way, I'm going to go ahead and post that for free so you can download that. Yeah, but a lot of people now have been talking about the Khazarian Mafia, which is basically the synagogue of Satan. And he says that basically they're just part order takers for the black nobility. And, and I'm going to say this in detail here. You know, all of these people that run the world have to go through the international banking cartels, which are all controlled by the Khazarian Mafia or the synagogue of Satan. I'm going to make those two synonymous right now. And what they, all, when they, what they always try to do in these links 
as they try to make the synagogue of Satan a minor player in the world political structure and the world aristocracy. And, and he starts, they start talking about the House of Bourbon and Spanish nobility, such as the Osorio, Fitzjames, Alba, Penatilia. I'm not going to read it all. It's too hard to pronounce. And they basically, they talk about these guys own the Gulf Cartel and Latin Kings. And then the Osorio Moore families and the Rustopolis were the partial owners of the Sonola Cartel. The Fitzjames and Alvarez family owned the Las Zetas Cartel. And, and, I, and I watch all of this stuff, and I, and I read through this. And it's talking about the 12 families, the 12 bloodline families, which is all very real. And these people are basically controlling the planet. And the answer is, is that true? Yes, it is true. But they can't control the planet without money. And the central banks now have come into all these major countries, and they put them into debt. And the central bankers, who were at one point just the court gestures, so to speak, of these groups of people now, over the past thousand years have come in now and have completely taken control of the higher level of the finances in which these people must have in order to maintain their monopolies on power and their drug-running cartels. So it all goes back to this again. you got this giant spider web with a thousand interlocking parts to make this thing unbelievably complicated. And so you start talking about all these different people and what happened with, you know, with the, with the Templars and what happened with this and what happened with you know, the fall of Jerusalem and the taking over the mosque. And it just goes on and on, this article does. I mean, it goes into – honestly, it's just too technical for me. I, I mean I, I don't want to know who all these people are. I don't really care because what happens when you get in this giant spider web of the Committee of 300, the Bilderberger Group – you know, you've got the Trilateral Commission. You've got, you know, all these different groups that are all working together in concert. The only oil that runs the whole thing is the money, and the money is what controls all of it. And the Kabbalist Luciferian Synagogue of Satan is the group that controls the money, period. Now, if some of these guys get out of hand by some of these 12 bloodline families, could they be taken out and basically uh, killed? No, that's probably true. But the reality is, is that, you know, it gets to the point where it's all so interconnected. It's like a hive mind. And all these people are working together to continually subvert the world into a one world government. And that's all under Lucifer, because in the middle of this nexus, you've got the international bankers. But in another dimension next to them is Lucifer. And he's running the show, as he has always done on this planet. In, except for the few thousand years that God was creating the Garden of Eden, and we talked about that in the, you know, in the, in the Angel Wars, when you know one day is a thousand years, and all of the things that, you know, as far as the formation of the Garden of Eden, and then He was turned loose back on this planet again, I guess, to basically allow God to prove His righteousness, because Lucifer basically, you know, appealed to sentencing, and as far as the Lake of Fire, and He got turned loose back down here again, and so it all gets kind of technical. That's why we did such a good explanation on angel wars is such a detailed explanation on angel wars and all how it how it all links together in our in our in our in our you go to the archives now for the ted nelson Barrow show right at the top of the archives it has angel wars you can click on it and watch the thing instead of having to scroll back through the archives but this is what we need to understand this battle that we have now is not against flesh and blood though these bloodline families have been bred they consider themselves to be the benign Dean Nephilim sons of the fallen. They consider themselves to be the bloodline of Lucifer himself. And they interbreed constantly to make the bodies more adaptable to being possessed by interdimensional entities. That sounds weird. and Oh, my gosh, was that a mouthful? Let me say it again in a different way. Human DNA, as created by God, is very difficult for these entities to get into and possess. 
they don't have they have a hard time with it because the frequencies overlap. They don't they don't match up. There's a problem with it. It's very difficult for them to do it. But if they have a person who has been bred from the Nephilim or from Satan or from Lucifer or the fallen angels, their DNA is not our DNA. And it's easier for them to come into a person and possess them when they're like that. That's the bloodline families, the progeny of Lucifer. And they're the ones that run the planet. So, again, it doesn't matter what their names are. They're real. I got that. All right. We're not going to pretend like that's not real. What's, 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 but what's more real is who controls them. And that goes back to the interdimension. That's why the Jesus says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against these principalities and these unknown realms. And that's what we have to understand because that's where prayer comes in. You know, Sunday in church, our pastor of the Lutheran church spoke about prayer, spoke about prayer in depth, talked about praying out loud and how it's important to learn how to pray out loud as a believer. And he said, uh, it was funny, he said one of the older pastors was teaching him how to teach on prayer. And he goes, if you're going to pray out loud and somebody doesn't know how to pray out loud, he goes, you know, do like a seven-sentence prayer, you know, or seven-word prayer that's unbelievably bad. And he goes, that way the person who basically is listening to you says, oh, I, I can do better than that. <laughs> and it's true, isn't it? We all have to learn to pray out loud together. And that's when we do that so many times on the show. We, I'll pray for you guys. And the same thing, you should be praying with your spouse and with your wife and with your kids out loud every single day. You say, well, I, I pray, but I, I don't pray out loud. I pray quietly. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who hears you? Nobody else hears you. God hears you. But, you know, I mean, your kids don't hear you. Your family doesn't hear you. You can't really set an example or set the tenor for the whole day with them if you say, let's have a moment of prayer. Okay, we're done now. Okay, what, what just happened? Okay, I was thinking about, you know, school today. I wasn't thinking about praying. If you bring them into the presence of the Most High God and pray with them out loud, it changes everything. Because remember, when you pray, you produce scalar energy. And that scalar energy literally changes the fabric of space-time. Scalar energy has no, it has, it has no time variable. It goes everywhere throughout the entire universe instantaneously. And so when you pray, you create that, especially when you pray out loud, especially when two or three more gather together. The energy is unbelievable what it does. And that's why, as Christians... We have to continually rely on prayer. We have to continually be on our knees and understand and, and pray to God that he continues to direct us and guides us and allows us to bring honor and glory to him and always puts us in the right place at the right time every time, that our footprints are ordered by him, that our plans are going to succeed because they're ordered by him. If we do all of that, what ends up happening is we find ourselves into a situation that's very, very, how should I say, gratuitous and very you know, respectful of God. And, you know, and we understand who he is. And then at that point in time, it says that if we ask him and it's at his will, he will and we do it pleases him. You know, he will honor us if it's his will to give us what we ask for. Now, a lot of times people are going to ask for things they don't need. Just 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 saying. All right. And they're going to say, well, I want a new Lamborghini or a new, you know, a, you know, Lamborghini Urus or a Huracan or whatever. They're going to say something like that. Well, they've never driven a sports car before. They have never they don't even know what to do with a 700 horsepower engine. And, you know, people get those types of cars who don't know what to do and have never been trained in performance cars like that. It's dangerous to get in the car with them. Just, just a heads up with you guys. If you have a friend of yours who gets a lot of money suddenly, who knows how, whatever, and also they buy this 700 horsepower car, chances are you don't want to ride with them. Been there, done that, learned that one the hard way. Now, if they're a really good friend and they want to drive the car, which I wouldn't allow them to do because it's in your name and you're going to be liable for it. You can hand them the keys and say, have fun. I'm not riding with you either. So be careful with what you do and who you get around. 
The same thing is true, isn't it, on taking advice from people. Always try to get people who are successful in the area that you're getting the advice from. You know, I remember years ago in the clinic, uh, we had a lady come in and she had a lot of health problems. And she was uh, in bad shape. She really was. She's in her 30s, but she was in bad shape. And I remember we put her on a program with supplements to try to help her and try to change her dietary lifestyle choices. And about you know a month later, she comes back in and her uh, husband's with her and she's there and she's being real sheepish because she wanted to be on the program and her husband didn't want to be on the program and didn't want her to be on the program. And she basically says to me, she goes, well, he won't let me do this. And I said, okay. And I looked at him and I said, why not? And he goes, well, my neighbor's a plumber. You can think I'm joking, but I'm not. My neighbor's a plumber and the plumber told me that this and this and this isn't right. And I said to him, I said, okay. So the plumber doesn't want you to do this. Okay, where do you go to school? He didn't go to school. He's a plumber. He's, he's, he's a great plumber. I said, okay, I'm, I'm sure he's a great plumber. And plumbing's a great profession. I mean, we all need plumbers. and They're phenomenal how smart they are and what they can do. But this is not his field. Like me, I'm not a plumber. I can't go in and start plumbing things and make it work. And he goes, well, he goes, well, I'm, I'm going to listen to the plumber. And his wife was sitting there, and she didn't know what to say because his husband was so totally domineering her. And uh, she died. You know, because they listened to the plumber and I didn't even try to sugarcoat that, did I? She just died. And then I had another one. Same thing happened. And he got involved with somebody else and they gave her bad advice and, and she died, too. And you think, well, gosh, Ted, they're dying. Well, yeah, they, they died. And it was both both times it was because the husband got involved with other people that weren't experts in the field. That's why I say to you, don't go to a physician that's supposed to be doing surgery on you who's not successful you know, who lives in squalor and basically has made all kinds of bad decisions in his life, because why would you possibly trust him with your life? Same thing with attorneys. There's good attorneys, there's bad attorneys. There's good doctors, there's bad doctors. There's good CPAs and there's bad CPAs. Find a good one and realize that when you get a professional person who's really well trained and makes good decisions for you, that person help you make good decisions too. But don't get advice from people outside of that field and think that it's going to be pretty good advice. Don't do that. I've seen it happen repeatedly over and over and over again. A person is 35 years old, and they don't have a car. They're riding a bicycle. They're broke. You know, they have dogs and cats at home, and they're feeding the dogs and cats, but they don't have a car. Uh, they have no money whatsoever. They can barely buy food for themselves, but they have dogs and cats, and they're supplying the needs of the dogs and cats, even though they're one month away from being homeless. That's a person who basically has made bad choices their entire life and continue to make bad choices. So don't ask them specific questions, especially about finance and you know, managing money and funds, et cetera, or about relationships, because obviously they haven't made good choices. And you laugh at me and you say, well, that's not true. People aren't like that. Yeah, yeah, they are. And so it's just I've met a bunch of people that are strange this past year. And uh, you know, can't believe the choices that they made and the things that they've done and the lifestyle choices they've made and the outcomes, of how, how, how horrible they are. But you know, be careful when you read stuff like this with the black nobility and all these other kind of things and not get all wrapped up into these types of stories about the names and dates and places of all these people. Because some of them may be accurate, some of them not, may not be accurate. And invariably, every time you get involved with one of these people, now listen to me, this is important. And you start reading this. They start slamming the Bible. They start slamming Christianity. They start slamming the New Testament. They start slamming the Old Testament. It's, it's invariable they do that. 
And so then you've got to realize that a lot of these stories and a lot of this confusion is coming out from the dark side again to cause division. You know, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Dead Sea Scrolls found the book of Isaiah almost fully intact. We know that the New Testament letters, you know, are dated all the way back to the time of Jesus and the laughter of Jesus. We know all that. And we know that those, those are real. We know they're very, very real. The problem is the Catholic Church got into these different types of conditions and got completely taken over again by the synagogue of Satan and became exceedingly corrupt after the first 1,500 years. They did. They were corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. And what ended up happening is Martin Luther started shining a you know, floodlight on him saying, this is not okay. You can't be putting people in jail for reading the Bible. You know, we need to translate this thing into German, let other people read it. This is ridiculous that you guys aren't doing this. And this is the problem that we run into. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's exactly what happened in the Vatican. That's why you need to read the book, Operation Gladio, the unholy alliance between the Vatican, the CIA, and the mafia, and understand how corrupt that organized religion is as far as Catholicism. It's, it's corrupt. Now, I'm not saying the Catholics are bad. A lot of good God-fearing Catholics that are out there, but that entire hierarchy of that religion is an absolute nightmare, and it is one of the most powerful landowners and most wealthiest organizations in the world, period. Now, we all know that, but they're not the ones right now that are running the show anymore. The Vatican's lost a lot of steam and a lot of power, though they're still immensely wealthy. It's the international Kabbalist, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan, Bank of International Settlements, you know, Klaus Schwab and all the little boys over there that are being used as the front people to run this whole thing right now. And those guys are the Luciferians. Those guys are the synagogue of Satan. Those guys are the Luciferian Kabbalists. That's who they are. And don't lose that perspective because otherwise you'll get caught into this thing of a thousand different names and a thousand different bloodline families. And they're all going to turn around and slam the Bible. Don't put up with that nonsense. So when you read stuff, if you want to read stuff on that, take what you can with a grain of salt and realize that whenever it comes against the word of God, where is this coming from? Because Satan comes to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. That's his main motive on this planet right now. Now, Austin talked about this a minute ago, and this is important that we understand this. He was talking about deep fakes and AI. And the reality is, is that deep fake porn, this is an article right now off of Drudge, is out of control. New research is now showing that a number of deep fake videos are skyrocketing. And the world's biggest search engines are funneling clicks to dozens of sites dedicated to non-consensual fakes. Now, the reason I'm saying this is there going to be a lot of things happening in the next few years of what's happening with this deep fake pornography stuff that we have a Hollywood celebrity. And all of a sudden, they're in a deep fake pornography video. A lot of this stuff and the vast majority of this stuff is going to be completely and totally fake. That's why Austin said it's going to be a major, major problem trying to figure out exactly you know, what's going on and what's real now as far as what AI is going to be able to generate. And again, th this is this is this is part of it, you know. And so if we don't if we don't understand, you know, what these people are doing. But what happens with it, with it, you know, with, it, with this deep fake porn is it's going to be more and more. There's already hundreds of thousands of these things out there. So be very careful with what you read and what you see. You know, we literally are playing wag the dog in real time right now as far as what's happening all over the world. You're exactly right. When I tied back into the AI earlier, this is going to be an issue that you're also more than likely going to start seeing in the uh, blackmail world. This is definitely a problem, and I've been notified of this of law enforcement as well when it comes to child trafficking, when it comes to child porn, when it comes to blackmail. The AI can pretty much be used for anything now, and using that as blackmail is going to be a serious problem. This is another reason why I have said in detail over the last couple of years, be very careful what detailed photos you post online. 
obviously if you have a photo with your family from a far off photo that's very difficult to have you know tight zooming in on there's really not much of an issue but if you're putting you know close up selfies and full body photos and very detailed photos and profile shots from each side of your face and all the weird stuff that people put online all the time be aware that that information and those photos can be used to download and basically generate ai photos that are not real whether or not they're used for nefarious purposes that's one thing but whether or not they are can be another especially when you start seeing the hacking stuff that's happening now i remember years ago i knew a lady that basically had her whole account hacked and basically they went in and basically said if you don't pay this ransom we're basically going to let all your information out on your computer. And she was like an older lady, but she they basically got into her, her computer. And so that's why it's very important to have proper parameters and protections and uh, firewalls and whatnot on your phone so that, or, and on your computer that try to protect it as best as possible. One of the best things I always tell people to do, especially in the digital age now, if you have like photos, generally you just want to keep. I'm just talking just general protection of your your goods and basically of your photos, you know, have them printed off. Also, you have them put on a flash drive. I know people that have had photos, and this just happened to me years ago when I was in college. When I first got a Razor phone, and actually had a decent camera on it, and I started using it for photos, and the phone ended up getting broken in, in an off road accident. And I lost like a year's worth of photos because they couldn't recover it on the phone. I was I was super upset. Just lost all of them. Just gone. Zero. Don't don't exist anymore. Just gone. And so back in the day, you know, back in Dad's day, he's got all kinds of books with photos. That was the only way to get photos is you had them developed and you basically put them in a scrapbook or you put them in, you know, a photo album. That's going away now. Almost everything's digital. And you got to think about it for your kids or your grandkids. You know, are they going to have any photos to look at of anything, of, of trips, of vacations, of events, of birthday parties? There's everything just synced up into the cloud or you have everything on your phone. Just something to throw out there because these phones now have become so ingrained in our lifestyle. This is this is what was designed by the manufacturers and by the global banker boys is they want to force everybody to use their phone for every single option so that you cannot leave your phone. That's the whole point of it. That's the premise. They want to make sure that you are not able to function in society without your phone. That way they got the microphone turned on all the time. They can listen to it. That way they got the cameras turned on all the time. If you don't have covers on your case or put tape over it, they can watch and monitor and look at every single thing you do and then turn around and use it to use development marketing, to basically direct ad images. There's now, I told you guys the story last week, where Walgreens and multiple other department stores are kind of under flack because they're now going to start using AI, or not AI, a facial recognition software in their cameras to basically follow you around the store, look at your facial expression on the certain items that you pick up and look at, and have direct, our, direct targeted marketing on screens throughout the store and send them to your photo because it pings on it. If you have your internet or if you have your, uh, your Bluetooth on your phone, they can ping exactly where your phone is. I mean, and if that's not even illegal, that's just picking up the signal from your phone. That's what they've talked a lot about before. If you're wanting to be private on your phone, turn your Bluetooth and your Wi-Fi off when you walk into a store. That, that's just general basis. That's not I'm talking about locations and everything else because what happens is the Bluetooth will ping every single outlet they have in that store. And so the stores are starting to do this now, and it's technically legal because there's no expectation of privacy, so to speak, when you're going into a store that's for public individual usage to go in and shop. 
And so they're going into detail now how this multi-billion dollar industry is starting to explode where they're going to watch you go around the store and direct target market you about what you need to buy, what you're thinking about buying. Oh, you picked up, you know, say a, a bottle of cologne and you looked at it and you basically smiled, but then you put it back down and didn't buy it. Boom. They're now going to start sending direct targeted ads on your phone every single day to remind you on how great that cologne is and how great you're going to smell and how great everything's going to be if you buy it. Think I'm wrong? Look up the data on it. It is a massive industry now, and it's going to literally try to tie in exactly what we watched in the movie Minority Report. That movie is beyond creepy. When it first came out, I think 25 years ago, it was – people were like, that's – utopian like that's weird that's never gonna happen you know that stuff came out in the 90s i think that movie came out or early 2000s and people are like that's that technology doesn't exist not only does that technology currently exist right now that technology is being currently implemented with pre-crime thought crimes that they had now so they had those two like weird oracle girls that allegedly could see the future and they're manipulating stuff to pump out who is going to get arrested for a future crime that you were going to commit and you're going to be arrested before you committed the crime think about what they're doing now with this pre-crime intervention with thought crimes and speech crimes online they've got these algorithms now that law enforcement can use and punch in your information with your past history or with your tickets or your law enforcement engagements and your online engagements and what you set online with facebook all these things and they can literally go in and use ai predictive programming to predict what you're probably possibly going to do in the future based on your behavior up to a certain percentage that's already out there now that technology has been floating around for years now with pre-crime predictive software with law enforcement so what we're watching now in this world is privacy issues that are unprecedented, and it's getting worse every single year. That's why, you guys, I've told you before, even with our websites, we're updating and doing stuff. I don't have cookie trackers on there. I don't have Google Analytics on there. I don't have anything that monitors you and tracks you around. I loathe that stuff, and I will not put it on my website. Would it generate more sales? Absolutely. Would it go in and basically have direct target marketing and follow you around the internet and send you different types of personalized ads? Oh, absolutely. There's websites that do it all the time. I've told you guys before, I will never, I never click allow cookies. I reject everything when I go on any website. And if a website will not allow me to utilize their website without accepting it, like some of them do now, where they flat out say, you have to accept this. You try to reject it. There is no rejecting it. You have to accept it. To me, you're telling me you blatantly do not respect my privacy. The only way I can use your website and even browse it or look at something to buy or to read or to engage with is I have to allow you to follow me around the entire internet and essentially record what I'm doing so you can market me and target me. That's not okay to me. That's not all right. And if somebody doesn't have that level of respect for your privacy, they're not going to get any type of engagement or business from me. Again, that's my personal, that's my personal take on it. Everybody can take his, Take that as they want. But the thing about this is, my friends, if people don't start really respecting their own privacy, it's going to escalate further and further as it's already been done. And the more it escalates and the deeper it gets, you're going to start seeing these things where people basically are going to get banned on certain platforms. What do you think happened with the social credit score over in China? You think that started out with nothing? It was just a basis? Yeah, it was nothing. Nobody cared about it. Oh, it's a credit score. You're going to get a little little bonus if you boost your credit score. If you do good things and you get a high credit score, you get a $50 coupon code on your Amazon gift card you know, account. That's the stupid stuff they did. 
back in the teens in 2014, 2015, when they started rolling that platform out. And then all of a sudden it turned from, oh, well, now you hung out with somebody that has a low credit score, so your credit score is going down. Oh, you jaywalked. Oh, you're losing 50 points on your social credit score. To the point now, there are tens of thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people in China now, that are barred and banned from doing anything. They can't ride on a plane. They can't ride on a train. They can't rent a car. They can't rent a hotel room. They can't do anything, guys. Nobody wants to talk about this. Everybody wants to talk about humanitarian help. Everybody needs to send hundreds of billions to Ukraine. We don't know where it's going. We don't know where the weapons are going. I don't know why we're seeing surfaced air missiles and anti-tank missiles from Ukraine that are showing up with Hamas and Palestine originally. We don't possibly know how that stuff could have showed up over there. We don't know how the Mexican drug cartels run around with AT-4 rocket launchers that we sent to Ukraine. How could that possibly happen? I don't know. Just be quiet. Don't ask questions. Continue to consume and obey and watch your social media and eat your aspartame and your high fructose corn syrup. Do not question anything. You question anything, you're a racist grandma killing skinhead. That's the only difference right now is between either obeying or not obeying. Depends what you want to do. That's what China did. That's what the United States is doing. That's what the entire world is doing. And as more people start to wake up, you're going to see this effort of censorship become more and more aggressive. There's an article now that I saw earlier, and it was interesting because it was basically on uh, Dossier Today, and it was going into detail on how Ottawa police chief – that was actually involved in a investigation, Helen Gruse, who's a veteran detective, essentially was basically disbarred and brought off and basically told that she was no longer going to be allowed to serve on the force in Ottawa. This is in Canada because she started putting potential links together between RNA vaccines and sudden infant death in pregnant and breastfeeding women and essentially started going into detail and asking questions. Formally, Gruce was charged with discreditable conduct under Section 2.1 of Ontario's Police Service Act. The prosecution has served her with a notice of increased penalty while allowing the OPS to seek her dismissal, demote her, or ask her for forfeiture of pay and vacation. And then they turned around and they issued an order to all law enforcement that essentially they were not allowed to talk about COVID vaccines, period. They got gag ordered. You are not – if you're Ottawa police, you are not allowed to talk about COVID RNA shots, period. You bring them up, you will basically be discharged. And this is what's happening now all across the world. Now, Canada, they obviously are turning completely authoritarian. They had been for years. We saw that with the trucker protest and seizing people's entire counts because they simply showed up to the protest. Or better yet, people that donated $100 on Venmo to the trucker protest all of a sudden were getting full audits and having their entire accounts investigated and frozen because they basically supported the truckers coming in and saying, we're not going to do this anymore. And if you guys recall the trucker protest they had in Canada, the rally they had up there, they simply said, dude, we're not going to live like this. We're not going to get an RNA injection to deliver goods and services via semi-truck where we have virtually no contact, any close contact with humans in large, large amounts, period. You got truckers that are in a truck by themselves all day. They drop off a payload. They pick up another tractor trailer. They're running around driving all day long. They're not going and going to parties with 50 people at tractor trailer party parking lots. You know, it wasn't happening. And so when they came out, they said, dude, we're not going to do this. We aren't going to deliver. We're going to protest. We're going to stop down everything, stop down goods and services if we have to get the shot. And that's why you saw what happened in Canada. You had Trudeau basically act like a complete and total queer tyrant like he is. The guy's nauseating to me. It basically said, no, now, now we're going to prove an example out of everyone. They're not going to be allowed to do this. Oh, but 
the BLM and Antifa, well, they're they're allowed to carpet bomb and firebomb and Molotov cocktail entire cities. Well, because you know it's they're they're standing up for for rights. They're standing up for people's rights. So I mean, it's okay if they burn down 141 cities in the United States over a period of a year. That's that's okay. I mean, because they're just they're they're mostly peaceful protesting while they're burning down cities. While you still have certain cities in Baltimore and other cities right now where those protests happen, those violent riots happen, I should say. That are still in disarray and burned down. There's some areas that never got any funds from BLM. Zero. Got zero funds. Candace Owens did a giant expose on it last year, if you guys saw any of that. How the whole thing with BLM was one giant money laundering scam with hundreds of millions of dollars funneled through that activist agency, allegedly, that money went nowhere. You've had multiple BLM leaders basically got caught buying three and four mega mansions and private jets and G-Wagon Mercedes and all types of vehicles, paying themselves millions of dollars a year while the cities that they allegedly were helping out by causing riots in got pennies. If that, pennies were exaggeration in some cases. Some of them got zero. And so you have to look at the overall basis on what they're telling you to do. It wasn't an ironic, and everybody called this out that was awake. How they're telling everyone you have to stay at home. You can't have more than six people in your house for Thanksgiving or for July 4th. You're not allowed to leave your home. You have to social distance. You have to wear a mask everywhere you go. Yet you had tens of thousands of people showing up in cities to protest with BLM, burning down cities. And they said, it's okay. You're allowed to do that. That's, 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 you're allowed to do that under protest. But my golly, you better not have seven people in your house for a birthday party. Or we're going to come and find you. That, again, was the exact same narrative that I'm referring to right now that we're watching every time. You're either with us and you follow orders and you do what we tell you no matter how stupid it is or you basically are a terrorist. That segment, that mindset, that psychological psychop that is going to get more and more aggressive and the deviation is going to get more and more aggressive. You're going to start seeing the level of insanity become so egregious. But yet anybody that questions the level of pure insanity is going to be listed as a terrorist. I'm giving you a heads up on that. I'm giving you a warning on that. That's what's going to start happening if people don't start getting vocal and start standing up. I've seen multiple prominent alternative media hosts online just full blind support for anything Israel does on their platforms. I mean just embarrassing, embarrassing. And a lot of people are starting to call it out now. You look at the comments. You look at the responses. Even Breitbart's been doing this now. And again, this is what happens whenever you allow people to no longer have free speech and you don't tell people to encourage them to basically go in and start questioning the narrative. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, too, in other news, we're shot in California, surprisingly. I guess people still basically own some guns out there, which is good to know. Law-abiding citizens are still out there in Hollywood Hills. An alleged intruder to Hollywood Hills, California, is in critical condition after a female homeowner opened fire on him Sunday around 9.30. The woman saw the alleged intruder in her backyard. He tried to make entry into the back door, and she told him to stop, and he did not, and she lit him up. Good riddance. And the reason why I bring a lot of these articles up like this isn't because this is some massive news story. It's because these are situations where normal, average, law-abiding citizens are trying to live freely on their way. And you have criminals and crooks that always want to do bodily harm to you on a regular basis because they exist everywhere. I don't care where you live. And there's people that stand up and say, I'm not going to be a victim. That's a mindset that you have to have in you. It's a mindset that you have to address before 
a situation like this happens. You can't wait and pretend that you live in this Pollyanna euphoria that everything is always good all the time and expect if something does bad, if the, something bad does happen, that you're suddenly going to have the skill sets. You're going to be running around like John Wick and be taking all the bad guys because you're just an operator now because you shot a gun when you were 12 years old and hunting deer doesn't work like that guys if you want to be effective if you want to be dangerous you have to learn how to be dangerous but you also have to learn how to temper those skills and use discretion if the situation arises you realize this is not going to be good for anybody if i lose it this is not going to be good if i start engaging aggressively with this i need to take a step back and de-escalate de-escalation is one of the most effective skills for a combat warrior or anyone that knows how to handle themselves effectively in a fighting arena De-escalation is prime right up there with being able to be defensive and engage. And so I encourage people, always learn how to be effective, always learn how to be combative, but always learn how to control it, especially if you're using deadly force. But one of the biggest things you have to do is understand how to operate with those guns if you're going to carry them and not just be walking around sticking a pistol in your pants and going, well, I shot a gun 10 years ago. I know what I'm doing now. I shot you know, a couple mags at a range, and I'm, 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 I'm operating now. I'm, I'm effective. I'm telling That's you right exactly now, right. You That's get right. put under stress. You get put under pressure. You start operating with groups. You start shooting out of vehicles. You start having rounds blowing off by your head. You start having everybody yelling and giving out command orders and movement. If you're not used to that, you are going to freeze up, period. That's what's going to happen. So learn how to operate. Learn how to defend yourselves because I'm telling you again right now. This is more of a heads-up show for me today. I'm giving you heads-up. They are going to set something up with these banker boys in the near future with some type of false flag to drag us into another war. They are going to do it. They did it with 9-11. It was over 20 years ago now. What we just saw in Israel was nothing short of that. Their own 9-11 that happened. You're going to see it again here very shortly in the United States. In order to get the narrative off what's really going on with the banking sector, the financial sector, and the dictatorship that we're watching in the White House now with this. And the COVIDs. Yeah, with the, with the, the idiots that are basically running the show and the, what's going on with the shots. Because these shots, what's going on right now with these injections and what they're doing with the kids, people are talking about it. I'm getting dozens of emails all the time. People ask me what's going on with the shots, what's going on with this COVID RNA shot, what to do about it. People are really waking up. And what's happened with Pfizer and all these companies now, they're getting blowback. Remember what I always told you, when people start asking questions, when people start looking what's going on, they always have to have a false flag to get the fact of focus off that and put it on something else, just like they did in Israel last week or two weeks ago when they protesting for 37 weeks straight as Netanyahu turned into a dictator. And suddenly now they have their own 9-11 over there and they're going into allegedly a war. Just thought I would throw that out there, Deb. What do you think? You know, Austin, you're absolutely right. It's all orchestrated. It's just all theater. And we've talked about this so many times. You know, I've got a friend of mine. Um, he's passed away now. His name was Jürgen. I won't tell you his last name. And he worked for the German government. And he actually was living in the United States. He was a dual citizen with Germany and the United States. And he was kind of like, a, really, he was like a double agent, so to speak. He would actually find people that the German government was looking for, and he would help to arrest them, whether it was tax evasion or some type of political issue or some type of crime they had committed in Germany. And the German government would actually hire him and give him like a reward for finding these people. Often knows who I'm talking about. I'm not going to mention his name, his last name, out of respect for his family. But that's what he did. He also has some other businesses that he had here in the United States. Very wealthy man from what he had done and how the people he had caught and captured. 
But the irony is now international lawyer and freedom advocate Reiner Fulmich has been seized by the German government in Mexico. And what Jurgen did, a lot of times he would catch people in Central and South America and in Mexico because he spoke fluent Spanish. German lawyer Reinhard Fulmich, who had been working on a project known as the Second Nuremberg to hold the originators of the COVID bioweapon plot of cannibal, was seized over the weekend by German authorities in Mexico where he and his wife had been staying. He was promptly flown to Germany and arrested. This kind of stuff is very, very real. The abduction of citizens, especially, especially with people basically that are German citizens. They could leave the years ago. In fact, Jürgen told me he would help me because my mom was from Germany to get a German passport, become a German citizen. I have dual citizenship with Germany. And I told him, I said, I don't want dual citizenship with Germany. I said, if I'm a German citizen, I'm held accountable in this country for what I say in this country based in Germany and what they have in the laws that are over there. And they don't have a First Amendment. He goes, well, I never thought about that. I said, yes, you can be arrested. That's exactly what has happened to Fulmic over here in, in, in Mexico. So I thought I would thought I would mention that. Now, Paul Craig Roberts wrote a very interesting article. He goes, who destroyed Western civilization? He goes, I think it was the white liberals who deracinated white ethnicities and destroyed Western civilization. I think civilization was destroyed because liberals based their demands on reforms on denunciation of existing society plus decades of denunciation undermined confidence. I once offered this explanation. The liberal stress on social purification flows from an inconsistency in the intellectual foundation of Western civilization. The Enlightenment had two results and combined to produce a destructive formula. On the one hand, Christian moral fervor was secularized which is what they've done to us now. They've destroyed the church, which produced demands for the moral perfection of society. On the other hand, modern science hampered epistemology into a critical philosophical place that was skeptical of the reality of moral motives. For, for, from this one, we now get moral indignation. The other, we get moral skepticism. From these two, how can you know these tendencies be reconciled? I'm going to post this because this is a really good article, but it gets really technical as far as what he's talking about, and I don't have time to cover it. I may go back into this one tomorrow. And there's one more that I wanted to read to you real quick, and I'll give it back over to Austin. It says, Postcards from a Police State, 22 Years of Blowback from the USA Patriot Act. Voice or no voice, the people can always be bought to a bidding of the leaders. All you have to do is to tell them they're being attacked and denounced, the pacifists, for a lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in any country. Hermann Goering, German military commander and Hitler's designated successor. I'm going to read it again. This is by John Whitehead. Voice or no voice, the people can always be bought to the bidding of the leaders. All you have to do is to tell them that they're being attacked and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in any country. This is exactly what Israel did. It's exactly what happened with us in 9-11. Wow. The same shocking images coming from Israel now and from Hamas are in grief dominating the news. The same disbelief that anyone who would be so hateful, so monstrous, so evil has to do this to another human being. The same outpourings of support and unity from around the world. The same shared fear could usually happen to us or our loved ones. Now, once again, the war drums are sounding on the world stage, and not that they're ever legal or ever really stopped. Israel is preparing to invade Gaza. I don't have time to read this. I'll cover this one tomorrow, too. But, guys, it's important that we understand that this is a playbook from the masters of deception, Freud and Bernays, as far as manipulating people they learned through Tavistock. The awful naval office of naval intelligence during World War One and shell shock, and Goering was right with what he said. Just tell everybody they're being attacked, and we've got to come together to stand together in unity. And they're going to fall in line, and they're never going to question the attack was real or not real. I love you guys, and I'll tell you what's real: Jesus Christ is real. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. For this is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it, and we will stand our ground. We'll put on the full armor of God, and we will not move. We will stand in this trench together, you, me, Austin, all of our families, and we will continue to proclaim the lordship of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Austin, what do you think, buddy? Go ahead and finish it up. Yeah, you're spot on with that. And one thing that I've learned many a time, especially when it comes to news and stories and all types of different information, is the truth usually isn't very hard to defend. It's really not. You don't have to sit there and defend it much. You can sit there and say, this is the truth. This is what it is. Do your own research. The lies are a different story. The lies, you have to constantly have more lies on top of more lies to continue to control the lying narrative. And whenever you have someone doesn't matter who it is. I don't care if it's a media person. I don't care if it's a pastor. I don't care who it is. If somebody's going to come up with more lies or they start telling you, this is the biggest one, they start telling you, you can't question the narrative. You can't question the truth. You can't ask me anything about this whatsoever. Sit there and go, well, no, what, what do you think about this? No, you can't ask questions about that. You have to have full support for everything I say, blinded support. I'm just curious. I, I'm, I'm actually I'm, – I'm supporting you for the most part. I'm just curious to know why in the world this is happening this way. No, I don't have to explain myself to you. I do anything I want at any point in time I want. Anybody gives you any type of answer like that at any point of leadership, question everything, including their motive and what they're involved with. We saw that with Fauci and all the other clown boys who were involved in COVID. Always, my friends, question the narrative. Build your own conviction. Make your own conviction and hold to what you truly believe because there's going to be a lot of lies out there in the near future. Thank you again for the support of Health Masters, keeping us running on the show for years and years with over 2,000 live shows. If you need anything, be sure to check out the website. Like I said, we got the old site up right now that's still running perfect as always. If you want to grab anything on it, check out any specials or sales, coupons. It's active right now at healthmasters.com. Update over the next couple days for the new one. I know some people want to check out the old one still as we're going back and forth. Still very similar sites. They both work great, but the old one's up right now. So thank you for your support and bearing with us and having patience with us through this. Have a fantastic evening, and we'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>